Hey guys, we just wanted to leave a message in light of the world being swept by this pandemic. We really hope that all you guys are keeping safe at home. Definitely keep yourselves healthy for the sake of the greater good. Most of us are strong, but we always have to think of those who are more vulnerable. We also wanted you to know that our podcasts for the next few weeks were pre-recorded. So at the time of these chats, we had no idea what we were going to be facing with something like this. For us, it's actually a great reminder to cherish every moment because we never know what tomorrow will bring. Mm-hmm. And right now we are literally under a blanket, enjoying our time at home, and we're taking this time to slow down, bond, even brainstorm on some projects that we've been putting off. Um, and we're going to find other ways to connect with friends and family, even though we can't see them physically. We hope that you'll also take this time to share joy, practice compassion, kindness, and above all else, selflessness. So we are still going to keep posting our episodes each week in hopes of continuing to share positive messages. So stay safe and thanks for listening. We love you guys. Friends, family, thanks for joining us at home with Linda and Drew Scott. We've missed you. Welcome home. This is an exciting week because we have a lot of love in the air. There's always a lot of love in the air. And on the rug and on the... Wait, that sounds... What? (laughs) What are you talking about? I just meant like it's everywhere. It's not just in the air. That just sounds perverted. just sounds gross. Now you just shared our secrets (laughs) and the love rug. Nobody knew about the love rug. The love rug. We don't actually have a love rug. Oh, but we should. We, well, maybe. I'm too much of a clean freak for that. Um, anyway, moving away from Linda's weird fantasies in her Fifty Shades room, uh, we have, I was referring to, we have someone who is the epitome of love on our podcast this week. We have Colton Underwood, one of the most loved bachelors. Mm-hmm. Every time I hold a rose, if I give you a rose for Valentine's Day, do you automatically think The Bachelor? I think of you. Oh, thank you. I bet you that there are so many people out there at the moment, they've done such good marketing with the show that at the moment anybody sees a rose, they think, is The Bachelor on? Actually, you know what I think of when I see a rose? Beauty and the Beast. I was just going to say that. (laughs) That is more for me. That's more up my alley. (laughs) A Disney rose. Um, This is something for all of you to know that you might not know. Our family is also connected to The Bachelor. <gasps> Linda's sister was a contestant. April was a contestant on The Bachelor Canada. Mm-hmm. And she got booted like week four. She got booted. She was not a good contestant. As in like she... Wasn't entertaining she enough. Oh, no, I'm she says her. it. She says that. I mean, she feels <laughs> no, she that... she didn't play by the rules. She yeah. just wanted to make friends. Yeah. They're like, and they don't want you to make This friends. isn't make lifelong friends with the other girls show. Yeah. It's The Bachelor Cutthroat. But uh, Jonathan was also asked to be on The Bachelor Canada once and then The Bachelor, the main Bachelor in the US uh, a couple of times. But he said that would have been his nightmare, trying to juggle like 20 or 25 women. It's like 25 full-time jobs. I couldn't do it. I couldn't have done that either, no. I I was always, whenever I would date, it was just a one-off random here or there. I was so focused on work. Can you imagine trying to juggle like even like five guys? I mean, I... No, and I and I don't even know how to juggle. So, I mean, even though you were a player back in the day, Linda, player. I mean, depending on what kind of love, like you and me have a deeper love than anyone I've ever been with, and that's why we're together. And then, but I love my parents, and I love my friends and family, mm-hmm. and I think um, the way we are, there's we have so much love to give, and it's also just inspiring or trying to to spread positivity um, with other people. Hopefully, our love is infectious. I have an unlimited bottomless pit of that love but to connect with someone on that physical level to want to be with that person yeah that's what i'm I mean. limited that's just all for you boo <laughs> thanks i think that colton though is is the example of what a lot of women wanted to see in men someone who's sensitive someone who's willing to open up and he's a football player i mean he's a he's a, a tough guy he's a strong guy he's a handyman too he grew up in a household where he was building houses with his dad um, but I love that he shows everyone out there that men can cry, men can have feelings, men can express themselves. That's actually the ultimate man. And we have a big announcement. Well, you may have heard it earlier in the week. We just announced Celebrity IOU, our new HGTV series. This has been something that Jonathan and I have been pitching and we wanted to do for a very long time. And it's so amazing to see it actually come to fruition. I've watched one of the cuts but without sound, because I'm a weirdo and I like to do that, just to see if I get the story. And I was crying 
without really? like watching it without sound. Was it it's so Brad good. Pitt's episode? It was Melissa McCarthy's. Oh my gosh, so many great episodes as well. We have Brad Pitt, Viola Davis, Melissa McCarthy, Michael Bublé, Rebel Wilson. Wait, I said Bublé. Bublé, Michael Bublé. <laughs> that's Bublé's cousin. <laughs> Uh, and Jeremy Renner, it's such a great series because so what, what it's all about, it's these big celebrities who want to give back to someone they love, someone who's an everyday person that it just means a lot to them, help them get their start or is just a big part of their lives. And you see real emotion. You see another side of these celebrities. I mean, I made Brad Pitt cry. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> so mean. But in a nice way, good, good cries. <laughs> it was a it was a happy cry. It was really great. And they were all really hands-on, which was amazing to see these big celebrities that wanted to just get in there and get their hands dirty because they're doing this for someone they love. I absolutely adore all mm-hmm. of them. If you were to give back to someone in your life, who would it be? Oh my gosh, there's so many amazing people that have touched me over the years, but I'd say my my basketball coach. I, th- I think my, my high school basketball coach, uh, Mr. Shannon, he was instrumental in shaping me and giving me the confidence on and off the court. And I think, um, yeah, he'd definitely be something. And my elementary school teacher. I also have both of them at my wedding. So yeah, Mrs. Fowl. Awesome. Yeah, she was amazing too. And, and she, she's given so much to so many people. And she's like you. She's very artistic and very creative. She's very thoughtful too. And she did a kid's book. Yes, she did. I want to do a kid's book one day. We have a fan question. And, and it's related it? to love. Hmm. A fan question was asking about you, Linda, and what you thought of me when you first saw me. All right, close your ears. (laughs) As soon as I saw Drew, I thought, man, I'm going to make a love rug connection with him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where did love rug come from? I don't know where that came from. I am the fan. This is actually just a fan named Drew wrote in and asked. Oh, Sru Jot (laughs) is his name. Um, I thought... Oh, what a big head. What a big sexy head. You legit were just talking about my head? The, like the actual circumference of my head? Maybe. What? <laughs> you were like, damn, look at that smile. Look at that suit. Hugs him like a glove. No, huh? you, d- you did have a very cute smile. And it looked like you were trying to work the catwalk, but you, you know. You didn't were, know how to. You didn't know how to, and I kind of liked that. Yeah. So my whole thing was to overstrut. I I don't know how to model walk, so I just came out. I I think I probably did yep, some sort of like the face. Yeah, yeah, model <laughs> face. I think I did some sort of like a twerk type thing or something goofy just to show personality and I'm sure all the hardcore fashion people were like, "What is this?" And I didn't care because I was just being myself. There you go. Dorky self. So my catwalk is what won you over. He's, uh, he's popping his pecs right now. Yeah, I'm trying to turn Linda on. Brandon, <laughs> look the other way. Mm, mm, mm. This, anyway. this episode is called How to Make Brandon Feel Uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and actually something I think that would be an interesting read for everybody is Colton's new book. It comes out this month. It's called The First Time, Finding Myself and Finding Love on Reality TV. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, Colton Underwood on the At Home Podcast with Linda and Drew Scott. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love Bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows Reflecting like a rainbow 
arguments about what our anniversary is going to be because of the oh, show. Yeah, when, because of the show, it's like, yeah. okay, was it when the show first started? And she's like, I'm not saying our anniversary is when you were dating 29 other people, too. <laughs> so I was like, okay. That's fair. I get it. <laughs> um, well. So is it when the show ended that you decided? Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, no, she was very specific about it. She said, our anniversary is the day the cameras went away. Uh, like the first yeah. day the cameras went away. That is the first day we started dating. That so makes like, sense. Perfect. So basically, all before that, it, it was just any, any makeout <laughs> yeah. sessions. That was practice. No, that was just that for was, TV. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's a, yeah, yeah. She's she's like that's just for TV. That's awesome. But that's pretty. That's pretty amazing, though. I mean, so, so you look at what was the experience? Obviously, everyone knows you for Bachelor. You started uh, on the Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. So yep. talk about that realm because nothing is more invasive than uh-huh. your entire love life on TV. In front of everybody with 29 women. Her love lives. Yeah, yeah. Love, love lives. lives. Yeah. <laughs> so it was such a unique part of my life, um, or a unique time of my life, because I was just coming out of football. And in football, you're taught to be guarded and you're taught to sort of have this nothing can break me mentality. And then I go from that to this polar opposite world of what is the Bachelor franchise, of where you're supposed to let your guard down, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. Um, so it was a challenge. And I think the first show that I did with The Bachelorette, I still wasn't comfortable with everything going on. And I was still, I had this persona of like, I'm going to be the tough guy. I'm not going to cry when this happens. Like, oh, really? <laughs> but, so like, that was, that was sort of how in that show I dealt with it. Um, and then I went to Paradise, which is another friend, this another... Yeah, um, all in the family. Yeah, a complete different... Uh, beast. Beast of a show, <laughs> and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And I finally, like, broke down, like, there. And I was just like, okay, I'm not, like, this hard ass that I try to show everybody that I am. Yeah. Like, I do have a soft side to me. Um, there has been things in the past that, like, have bothered me that I haven't spoke up about. Like, yeah. I held a lot in for my parents' divorce. Um, I held a lot in from sort of the resentment of being in a way rejected in the NFL of not being good enough, but yet still like working really, really hard and trying and sort of spinning my wheels for three years. Um, I had a failed relationship in the past that I sort of buried and didn't really get to the bottom of it. So all that came out in paradise of where I was just like a big mush ball, like crying. (laughs) But you know, the producers saw that happen on camera and I'm sure that's when they're like, he would be the perfect bachelor. (laughs) Yeah, they were loving it. And that was one thing, like I thank them over and over, like, I don't think I could have got that out of me without the show because I wasn't, I don't think there's a lot of things in life that are like that force you to do that. And even Cass and I, um, to this day, we have to sit and sort of have these reality checks where like, we don't talk about real things anymore. Like, cause we live in this sort of weird bubble where we were very, very blessed and fortunate with a lot of things, but we still need to talk and communicate in like a real way, and that's what happens on The Bachelor, is you actually talk about meaningful things because you don't have your phone, you don't have any distractions, you're just solely focused on your relationship. Oh, that's actually interesting. So I never thought about That's the most wholesome description of The Bachelor experience I've ever heard. But yeah, and that's the way I go to bat for the franchise is, Everybody's like, oh, it's got to be fake. It's got to be. Of course there are, hey, can you walk through, you know, can you walk through that door again? Of course there's that. We're making a TV show. Like, we understand that. But still, I don't have my phone for three months while Mm -hmm. I was taping. I have no distractions. I I don't talk to my family. I don't talk to my friends. Oh, for three months? For for about three months when you're filming that show, you are solely focused on how you feel in each one of those relationships. That's really Running in the opposite direction. Yeah, I know. No, I mean, well, Linda and I have that same struggle sometimes because we work together and and we have such a crazy busy schedule that we find a lot of times it's just sort of work, talk, work, talk, work, talk. And then we realize that there hasn't really been any you know meaningful. sort of meaningful sit down yeah. conversations it's sort of just surface level or or work talk yeah. and so or by the time we get to having time to talk we're mentally exhausted oh, yeah. yeah and then and i you, pass out and you can't engage that way yeah i pass out and then she stays up for 2 hours did you guys make boundaries or rules when it's work like because like that's something right now with Cass Cassie and i were sort of trying to figure out how to manage our relationship and then we work together sometimes so it's like she she always says she's like I love you, but like your business side is a bit much. Yeah. Because like we all have sort of that business mode that we go into. <laughs> and 
I don't, Linda's like, giving me the look right now. Yeah. I, um, I mean, we both work very hard, but my pace, I love to work at an extremely busy pace and I love to um, grow new passions, you know, new aspects, whether it's real estate or our furniture line or new show production. But it is overwhelming because there's only so much time you have in a day. And if I'm taking on all these new tasks, where does that time come from? Most of the time it comes from our time together. And yeah, we've, we've learned that whenever we're saying yes to a project or a social event or anything, we're, we are essentially saying no to something else, which yep. ends up being us no because, each other, yeah. because we're both so flexible and you know we're all about giving the other person time to do what they want, but at the same time it's like, okay, well, when at what point do you prioritize us? Yeah, you want to yeah. support each other, but it, then there's one point where we're literally just taking away from our, our time together. So we do have moments where we remind each other. Like yeah. we, we, and actually, Linda's the best because I'm the one who needs the reminder all the time because I will just keep filling the schedule. Yeah. But the thing to do is half the time I fill the schedule not realizing I'm, I'll, I'll send off to our scheduler all these things that are great to do, and she'll line it all up because I've asked her to do it. Picture. Not seeing a bigger picture that now we've gone for two weeks over two weeks our, and ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, I'm saying like two weeks in a row. Yeah. We don't have a single night to, to hang out together. Mm-hmm. You've now been together for over a year. Yep. And so, um, how do you guys deal with some of the stresses of being in the public light? You have press, you know, yep. that'll be paparazzi following you around. Has it changed? We've known you now for a little while. Yeah. You are still a very down-to-earth person, which is what we gravitate towards. So, it to me, it doesn't look like it's really affected you. No, um, I think I got some really good advice going into all of this, and it was like, don't let this change your life, let it enhance it. Um, mm. And I really tried to stay true to who I was, and I have a very, very big family, and also a family that keeps me very humble, like my brothers, and I have a bunch of them. Um, they don't, they don't care what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like as long as I'm happy and I'm doing well and I'm successful, like it, that's what they care about. Yeah. Um, the fact that I'm on TV, like. They didn't. They really didn't care. Like all their friends thought it was so cool. <laughs> um, but to answer your question with Cast, we have each other's schedules on our phone. Like we have a master calendar. Yeah. Uh, we really in relationships. You have like they don't come easy. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks like, oh, the perfect relationship mm-hmm. comes easy. It's like no, relationships are work. It is. It's yeah. like it, it. You have to work hard to have a relationship. So you have to plan date nights. Like mm-hmm. tonight, we had to plan that. We had to put that in our calendar because with our lives right now, we're all over the place. I fly out tomorrow. She goes up mm. north for her family. So like we had to sit down and be like, hey, Thursday night, we're doing date dinner. I know people are like, you really plan that? I'm like, yeah, we, we plan our date happens. nights. Yeah. yeah. You, have, you know what? It's funny. I, I said the same thing to somebody um, because of our busy schedule that we have to block in our, our date nights. Yeah. And they said to me, that is the most unromantic thing I've ever heard. I'm like, you know what's less romantic? Not having not those having date them. nights because I, yeah. I don't have it, the time in my schedule. So you yeah. have to block that time. Yeah. 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 Spontaneity just doesn't happen. You know, and when yes, it does, it's, great it's fun. Once exactly. Yeah. 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 And when it, like, that's the other night, I forgot, I forgot what we were even doing. It was like, hey, do you want to go grab, grab a glass of wine? I was like, do we have time? It's like, yeah, we don't have anything tonight. So, like, those moments still come. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't exist. Yeah. yeah. But they're very rare. Mm-hmm. And so then how, so how does Cass fit into your family and, and you with her family? So you guys have been together for so long now. Yeah. yeah what, what's that dynamic? It was, um, I'm not going to lie, at the beginning it was a struggle because her family sees me on TV Obviously, that's not the easiest situation for parents to see. Or They're thinking you're a player. And- yeah, they did, and the show is great, but um, the show is, I would say, five percent of me. You oh. know, like they can only, they can only show and portray five percent of who I am. So mm. everybody thinks they had me pegged mm. and figured out. I'm this simple dude. Some people thought I was boring. Some people thought I cried too much. Whatever your opinion was, um, it was just a slim part of who I am. So. It took time for me to sort of, and I, that was one thing that I was always sort of a little much, I think, on her. And I talk about that in my book that I have mm-hmm. coming out. Um, yeah, which is exciting. That's re- yeah. releasing this month. Yeah, so it's releasing this month. And my goal with that was just to give people a better understanding of everything that went on and how you know, social media and the show is just a small portion of our lives. But in a way, I was a little insecure coming off the show with her family because I wanted to sort of prove myself that I wasn't the playboy, I wasn't your typical bachelor, like I wasn't, like it was hard for me. I didn't want them to think like going and getting 
to the end and being with Cass was easy. Mm-hmm. No, and, it wasn't. No, and, and you know what's funny, like with a relationship where you're meeting the family for the first time, a lot of times they have a blank slate. They only know about right. you what they might have heard a little bit from or watch know, their daughter. Well, so. well, I'm saying if you weren't on the shows, they, oh, you know, yeah. you would you would meet the the parents and they wouldn't know much more about you than what their daughter had told them. Yep. But now here they have like all this these episodes where they're formulating an idea of exactly who you are, they're stereotyping you. Yep. And then you have to break past that. And but now you guys all get along. Yeah. With one it's, big family. It's been it's been so good. And you know, in a way they sort of have this luxury because everything we do now is public. So yeah. like they always know what's going on in our relationship oh, yeah. for the most part. Of course there's tabloids that run and do what they need to do. You gotta ignore them. Yeah. They're just looking mm-hmm. for headline grabs. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but other than that, no, it's it's been good in time. That's all it is. And you know, with The Bachelor, it's such an accelerated show mm-hmm. for relationships that I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it can be unhealthy to put that much pressure and strain on a relationship. And she's really good at reminding me about that because I'm, in a way, I'm sort of like you with the like, go, go, go. Like, yeah. And even in my relationship, you can't rush that. Mm-hmm. So there's certain steps that we missed by being on the show mm-hmm. that we sort of had to go back. take a yeah. few steps back. Yeah. But not like, not saying our relationship was going backwards, but we were just being real about it. We're like, listen, if we're going to get to a point where we want to be engaged, I have to spend more time with your family. You have to spend more time yeah. with mine. It's yeah. important for both of us to have that dynamic. Yeah, oh, in the real time. world. Yeah. 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 So. Did you, um, now, now growing up, you're, you have a massive family. So explain, you have, you have one full-blood sibling, you have yeah. multiple step-siblings. Yeah, so um, once again, I go to, into depth about this in the book, is my parents, my parents split, and it was really, really hard for me. It was the first, it was the first divorce in my family. How old were you? Um, I was in college, I think I was 20 at the time. Um, and I remember when they told me the news, I was like, oh shoot, there goes my perfect family. Mm. You know, like there goes the picture perfect life I thought I was gonna have. But now I am very fortunate and blessed because I have, I have two moms and two dads. Mm-hmm. I call them my bonus family. So I have mm-hmm. a bonus dad, a bonus mom, and then I have five bonus brothers and one bonus sister. So we have five, five bonus brothers and sisters and yeah. then your brother. And I'm the oldest in my, and my blood brother and I'm the oldest You're out the of oldest everybody. You're the oldest of all. So it was so cool because I could be an older brother again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the youngest right now is 12. Oh wow, so, so this is a big range. How old are you now? I am 27. So 12 to 27, 12, that's a big range, yeah. Yeah, so, and I don't know what my parents were thinking. And so, uh, they got me and my brother out on full ride scholarships on football, and then they restart. I mean, my mom, <laughs> my mom's got, uh, oh, I apologize, 12 isn't the, to the, the youngest. My mom actually has um, two uh, stepbrothers, and they're seven and eight. Wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that's it's amazing. a full, it's like a full on. Full modern family. Yeah. And so that dynamic changes, I mean, um, I, th- I think, you know, you have your family, you're used to your family, you grow up with this family, then all of a sudden, over double. You grow by over double. Um, do all the siblings get along, or are you more almost like another parent to the younger kids? I, I like to think I'm another parent, <laughs> but I still have my goofy, silly moments that sort of puts it back into check for them, being like, okay, he's just our brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, but moving in, because there was a time in the NFL when I was playing, I would be in San Diego with the Chargers for four months during the season, and I didn't want to get a house and not really know where. You're sort of in limbo when you're yeah. playing in the NFL, especially a practice squad player, like because mm. you don't you can be signed to another team across the country, so you never mm. really put down roots. Yeah. So I every off season I would train in Denver and I'd move back in with my dad. And I remember when he first got married to Lee, it was such a weird dynamic because we're still trying to. I'm still trying to figure out. You know these bonus brothers. Like, all right, yeah. what are you guys doing? You know, of course there was the the fights when they were younger, being like, "You're not my dad. You're not my mom." Yeah. Like that's that was, in my opinion, the hardest thing for me to watch. Would be like, you know, when does he put his foot down? When did he do it? And, and, and did your dad? Did he really like take a deep breath and not react in a yeah aggressive way and understand? Yeah, I think the cool thing too is Lee, his wife, had his back in all those mm. moments mm. and. The funniest part for me is watching, watching the kids go through and like tie and research their names. So watching them sort of make mistakes and I'm watching it happen. I'm like, dude, you're not getting away with that. Mm. Like, <laughs> I not, was there. I, I'm yeah. this. Like, <laughs> I tried to do exactly what you're trying to do right now and he caught me then. He's definitely going to catch you now. <laughs> so uh, it, it was so cool to sort of see my parents be parents again hmm. and sort of have an outsider but view But how did it. you, coming from, you know, this is the end of my perfect family, per- picture perfect family. Yeah. 
to having you know been able to embrace it how did you, how did that transition happen for you or was it just something that you know you allowed your parents to live their own lives too yeah um it wasn't the easiest because my dad moved on much quicker than my, than my mom mm -hmm. so in a way i i wouldn't even say i accepted it until my mom was happy mm. until my mom got remarried too because then i was like okay this is for the better. Like yeah. they're both, they're both doing their own thing. They're both happy again. Yeah. So it took it took some time for that all to play out. Um, but in a weird, in the weirdest way, going through that divorce, going through the show, brought me closer to my parents. I view them more as like best friends than I do Great. parents anymore. I mean, that's awesome. We're the same. We we spend yeah. as much time as possible with our parents, and and I love when you get to that age too, where it's. There's more of that mutual respect, yep. um, and it is, does feel like a best friends with them too. Uh, growing up, your parents were star athletes. I'm a volleyball guy too, yep. like your mom. Yep. And your dad played football. So was there a pressure for you on the athletic side growing up to make sure that you achieve a certain level of success? Um, they never put pressure on me, but I put pressure on myself. Mm. And they, so they both met in college at Illinois State. I actually went to Illinois State and played as well. Nice. So my mom was a standout volleyball player. My dad was a football player. Um, so in a weird way, we had like this legacy going at Illinois mm. State. And so I put a little pressure on myself being like, hey, they did really well before I even was here. So they have their records and stuff, so I was like always trying to hmm. beat their, you see their my dad's records. In the, yeah. in the glass case in the, in the yeah. athletic center, you yeah. see their names and their pictures, and then you're like, I want to have mine there one day. It pushed me and motivated me, and that was the one thing too. My dad was, growing up, he was always my coach. Oh, so wow. We, so we always had this, um, you know, he was my coach at football practice. I'd mess up, we'd come home and eating dinner, and he still wants to talk about that play. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, I was yeah. like, you're my dad now, not my coach. Come on, like that was a, that was a constant struggle. Was it, so like my my dad coached me, like he taught me guitar, and but it wasn't the best dynamic for us because my dad was sort of like a bit of the mentality of just be good at it now. Yeah. And I'm like, but I need to learn and I need to be taught. And then he would show me, but he would show the, like he's really, really great. He would pay, play music, really fast paced music. Yep. And so he shows me the couple of chords and then it's almost like the next day I, I, I felt that he was expecting me to already know it. And yeah. I'm like, this isn't the best way to coach. You right. know? And so I actually ended up hating playing it. I didn't want to do it. It was sort of the same with our karate in the beginning. You know, we, we joined karate because it looked awesome. Yeah. And my dad ended up saying, we were seven years old, and he's like, you can go do Cub Scouts or karate. And God's excited and we joined. And he's like, great, you join, you can never quit. And once we were in, and yeah. then so I started hating it at first. But then I think he realized too that overpressuring us was not the best way to do it. So he backed off a little, yeah. and that actually got me more excited about karate and basketball, or sorry, karate and guitar, and also bagpipes. I yep. played the bagpipes. Mm. That's awesome. Um, that's not an instrument you play to charm a woman. Unless, or you do. Or you Back, do? Yeah. Bagpipes, yeah. it's not your thing. Yeah. I love bagpipes. <laughs> I lull her to sleep every night with my bagpipes. You had to wear a kilt while yeah. you were playing too. Oh, she yeah. has me wear it the traditional way. There you go. There you That's go. all I'm going to say. <laughs> but no, it is hard to have your coach as your parent. I yeah. think it is tough, but um, it, did, it worked for you and your dad though? Yeah, but it was sort of similar too. And that's... That's what was so hard about the divorce is he said the same thing to me. He's like, once you start something, you finish it. We don't quit. We honor mm. our commitments. So, and I, once again, I talked about that in depth in the book of like, I was like, this is whole, this all is a sham. Like I've been lied to my whole life. Like what's going on here? Um, but in the same way, I remember football practices, I'd walk off and I'd be like, I quit. And he wouldn't chase me because he knows damn well I'm coming back and mm -hmm. yeah. finish. Um, but once... Once he stopped being so overbearing was when I really excelled. Mm. Where he yeah. was just like, he's like, dude, if you want a college scholarship, you have to work harder. Yeah. He's like, I can't work hard for you. So, and that finally, where it was just like, okay, the light bulb went off. It's like, I, you know, I have something here that I've yeah. been passionate about. I've been good about. I just have to work a little harder. And that was in high school where mm -hmm. I sort of developed that work ethic for it. And so after Illinois State, you went to the um, NFL. Yep. And now what what was that process and how did it affect you emotionally when you, you wanted this so bad you don't like to quit? You put your mind to something and you make it happen and then it didn't happen yeah. um, to the extent of what you wanted in the NFL. It was, that was some of the hardest and most challenging three years of my life. Um, at first, my rookie year, I went undrafted in 2014 to the San Diego Chargers, and it was an unbelievable experience going through the draft and even not getting drafted. 
I don't think people understand the madhouse of what free agency is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had two phones going, my agent and my dad, all there, like fielding offers from eight different teams. Um, I was stuck on the phone with Jim Harbaugh when he was with the 49ers. Like, you don't dismiss a coach. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm missing calls from the Titans and the Bears wow. and trying to figure out, like, I'm like writing them down as my yeah. dad's on the phone with my agent trying to, it was unbelievable. Um, but my rookie year, I ended up getting cut and I bounced from the Chargers to the Eagles with Chip Kelly when he was there for literally two weeks on their yeah. practice squad and then back to the practice squad in San Diego. And I took a lot of pride in my role because I knew, hey, I might not be ready to play on Sundays, but what I can do here is I can get my team ready. And I could show mm-hmm. the coaches like, hey, I know my role. Um, I'm willing to be patient. I believe that you guys probably have a plan for me. So I really prided myself. And that's, that's like the hardest thing for me now is like, with sort of being on the show, everybody's like, oh, you know, he says he was in the NFL. It's like, I took pride in it just as like a secretary would take pride of work in their desk or Mm -hmm. everybody has their role. And mine was to play, you know, J.J. Watt when we were, you know, preparing for the Titans or Mm -hmm. preparing for the Texans or playing that star, you know, whatever on the defense that they needed, Phillip Rivers needed to get prepared for. Like, I love love that because I was like, who do I get to play this week? And I got to to experience in... um, try new techniques. That's what people don't realize too, is like it helped me as a player because it's like, okay, hey, here's JJ's like go-to move. Yeah. You know, try to get that down so like our O-line can get ready for it. Or, you know, DeMarcus Ware likes to spin on this down. So, And and speaking of the ultimate team player though too. And it was so much fun. Yeah, it makes you so well-rounded. I don't think people realize that too. It's like I had a blast being on the practice squad and I don't want to like out anybody, but we only, you play like Tuesdays and Wednesdays and you're done. You work two days a week. That's it. I mean, then yeah, you do walkthroughs. So it's, it actually was a, so much fun. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. You know what I think is, is fun to do? And this is why I want to go back and, and rewatch the original episodes of Bachelorette. Because you said you, you had that strong, like, I want to be the tough guy. Yeah. I cannot picture you trying to be the tough guy. You're a big guy. I mean, you're, you're a muscular guy and you're a tall guy. But you have the, like, the sweetest face. Like, you have baby face. Yeah. You have the sweetest <laughs> expression. When you meet somebody, you're, I don't know, there's a, you're all in and you see how friendly and welcoming you are. I can't picture you trying to be that asshole guy. I, well, I know, but I was lost. I was a lost soul when I was yeah. playing football. I really was because um, I didn't fit into locker rooms. Like, I, I didn't really, um, they weren't my thing because and I'm not saying the whole NFL and all of sports is like that, but there was just a lot of values and morals that didn't align with mine that mm. were in that locker room. There were still some great people, some great guys, some friends that I'll have forever. So cool. But um, as a whole, I tried to fit in in yeah. places mm. where I shouldn't have tried to fit in. And I did things and said things that I probably shouldn't have done and said just to try to have friends or just try to fit, in. fit into the yeah. locker room culture. It's the locker room chat. I don't know. You probably never really dealt with that, Linda, or maybe it's different, um, you know, with track. We talked about periods in our locker room. I didn't, oh, talk, go. I didn't talk about periods much. That, <laughs> that was my thing. But I, same thing for me when I played basketball and volleyball and I, I did some different team sports. And um, the locker room chat was never my thing. I didn't enjoy it. Or even a bit of that hazing kind of a yep. feel with the younger kids coming in and stuff. I never enjoyed it. And I thought, yeah. what's the point of this? I actually preferred just to bond by being my quirky weirdo self. And yep. in, you know, in high school, I ended up being the MVP of the basketball team, and, um, which was a great honor to me because I worked my butt off. I was the first one in every day, the last one out every day. Yep. I tried to almost be like a supporter to the coach as in, as in like an assistant coach almost when we played. But anytime I saw somebody trying to be overly aggressive, 
the way when I was younger on the team, you could see the older kids sort of bullying or that locker talk. Yeah. I tried to change that feel when I became that sort of that top dog because I wanted to set a better example for how I would be yeah. in the locker room. That's I think it's awesome. so important that you guys talk about that because how much of the locker room culture is created just because of people's perceptions of what that culture should be. Like, well, you, look, like you going into it, you, don't, you knew you didn't fit in, but you wanted to act like you did. Like how yeah. many more of you are in that locker room, you know? I know, and I did it because I didn't think I'd be accepted. Mm. And I remember uh, we, when we wrapped early one day, it was with the linebackers, Coach Norton, um, we had some extra time. And you either had to get up in front of everybody and tell a joke or you had to tell the truth. And I didn't really, I'm not like, I'm, I have a different type of humor. Like I have a sarcastic side. I'm not a joke teller, I'm not a storyteller. Yeah. So I get up there and I was like, I got nothing. So what do you guys want to ask me? And um, they asked me what my number was for girls. And I was a virgin. So I was just like, oh boy, what do I do? What do I do? And it came out zero. Mm -hmm. And it was like the first time that I openly admitted in front of everybody. And they were like, really? And I was expecting to get clowned. And um, it was so cool because they were like, the response was actually welcoming and accepting. And I was like, I, if I would have known this is what it would have been like, I would have like been more open and honest with myself and everybody from a way younger age. What a great mm. surprise though, that there was actually support yeah. and not ridicule. Yeah. That's and amazing, yeah. It was, it was super, it was like super cool. And then there from there on, they honored sort of this, not the secrecy, but like honored the safety of that room mm. and didn't tell anybody. And then they like, all tried to wingman you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was cool. Like, but at the same time, I remember trying to figure out like, why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah. And like, why couldn't I just be myself? But the societal pressures of fitting in to be a man. Well, um, especially in the football realm, is like the world. ultimate man right. uh, realm. And I, I, it's really great that you see that support. So again, it shows a shift in maybe a way a lot of um, guys are in the locker room in life and how they'll continue. You look in the business world, a lot of times you can tell if you're in some sort of a business structure and you're chatting with some people, you can tell the guys that were the high school or college sports guys yeah. a lot of times uh, because there's a certain mentality. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm emphasizing the man. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I don't like that. And a lot of times for me, I try to diffuse that because I don't like to have, it's, it's almost a bullying. It almost it feels is. like a bullying. And nobody deserves to be in an environment like that. But one thing that I think you've probably inspired for a lot of people and hopefully a lot of men is what you're known for in The Bachelor as well. Going from The Bachelor, uh, going from the Bachelorette to Bachelor in Paradise is that you started to open up and you almost are giving this subconscious message to everyone that it's okay for guys to have feelings. It's, yeah. okay, it's okay for guys to show their emotion yep. instead of trying to lock it up and look like that tough guy. Yeah. And it was, that was what was so cool because I was a little nervous, but I remember so like Derek Carr and Khalil reached out and they were like, dude, watching the show, that's awesome, man. Like, I was like, oh, oh that, like, yeah. that meant the world to me. Because, you know, here I am playing like, oh, I was on practice squad, you know, I don't know, really know if they're going to remember or not, you know, or if they're going to reach out or watch. But it was so, like, that meant the world because awesome. Derek, Derek was the one who invited me back into uh, Bible study when I was mm -hmm. with the Raiders. He literally reached out and was like, hey, every Thursday morning at 6.30 we meet if you want to come. And at the time I was going through the weird... I was going through a weird point in my life where I was a little depressed playing football. Um, you know, I was still trying to figure out my parents' divorcing. Mm -hmm. I sort of separated from the church a little more than what I normally was. So Derek really helped me out in that, that way of like reaching out. But like that's, he created a culture there that people, people, I don't think people understand like how big of a deal that is for a sports team, especially at that level of being everybody feel like a team, everybody mm -hmm. feeling so included. Because I was the on new guy. On and off the field. I was a new guy on, on practice squad. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to be like, hey man, come on, like, yeah. come over and yeah. check this out. Like, look what we're doing over here. Like, he didn't need to do that, but he did. Yeah. So it was cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And now you're sort of the, the person that's in that position. But no, I'm like, trying to do that yeah. for other people. So like, yeah. what he doesn't realize is his leadership sort of showed me how I want to lead. Like mm. if I ever have a platform or position, um, I want to be like Derek. Like I want to do that. So like he, like he motivated and it's just, once, once again, it's healthy for our society to be yeah. so inclusive for everything going on. Well, also you're being inclusive for other people, but also Colton helps dogs. So tell yeah. us more about that side. I, see, I, th I think it's amazing how much you give back and how much sort of love you're, you're showing. Yeah. Um, 
Well, like I said earlier, I feel like I'm in such a unique position because I want to give back. I want, if I have a platform, I want to use it for good. So I have a nonprofit that I run, and then I also am really passionate about animals, um, dogs particularly. I still um, don't. You know, I like cats. I like everything else. But, uh, it's all right. You, we're, we're not crazy more, cat ladies and men here. I'm allergic to cats. Guy. So uh, I made some donations to some dog shelters and stuff. And then one of the dog shelters actually sent me a picture of a dog. And we now have him. He's Thor. Oh. But he's, they reached out. And her name was Amanda from Bunny's Buddies, an amazing organization. They got him over from, um, from Asia. And they said, hey, you just helped this dog. Thank you so much for your contribution. And I was like, wait, is this dog like available for adoption? They're like, yeah. So within two weeks, the dog was on a plane to Denver. Aww. And it was right in between, unfortunately, it was right in between uh, Paradise and Bachelor. So I left for filming and Thor um, I got attached to my bonus dad. So I came back from <laughs> filming. And I was like, where's Thor? Where's Thor? Where's Thor? And like... You look around and Thor's like obedient to Dan and like sitting next oh, to him. Because yeah. German shepherds love to be trained. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. that's, a, that's in their nature. So yeah. I was like, I'm not breaking you guys up. Yeah. But anyway, I run a page now that just sort of helps highlights dogs. We do a warrior Wednesday. We nice. sort of tell a dog story every Wednesday. It's oh. my mom loves it. My mom runs the account. I love it. She loves it. And it's been, it's been so cool. And even your, um, you and Cass for your one year, I heard you went to an animal shelter, an animal rescue in St. Lucia. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool that it's taking you to other destinations to support as well. It's been like, it's been unreal and to see what different organizations are doing in different countries. I mean, there's so much good going on in this world that we just don't see. Um, yeah. So I like to try to focus on the positives no matter what I'm doing or where I'm at. Yeah. And um, I'm, I love different cultures. I think it's super fascinating to see oh. how different people operate and, you know, uh, I feel like you could always take something away. You always can. I mean, well, we always say too with what we do with design, you know, we travel globally and whether it's a cafe in Europe that we went to or if we were down in Latin America at some church, there's something we can take back for an aesthetic appeal. Yep. But even more than that, we love, right from a young age, our parents started to travel us. We were in Scotland and we were in different areas of Europe or we were down south and you see different cultures, how they operate and, and it makes you more well-rounded, I feel. Yep. And so even for Linda, my um, honeymoon, for our wedding, we didn't take any gifts from anybody. What we wanted to do is give back. And so we decided to raise money for this small village down in Ecuador, down the Amazon, that was struggling because their water source, which was the main river, is now polluted from the oil companies. And so a lot of the young children or elderly were dying. Yep. And so they didn't have the money to run a new water line. So what we ended up doing is we raised money from our wedding. Everyone donated instead of giving us a gift. Mm -hmm. And then we donated for clean water. It was only $25 per, would give one person clean water for life. So we raised the money, we sent it down there. And then for our honeymoon, we went down into the Amazon. To see how that yeah, money was that's being awesome. yeah. yeah, so And that's I mean, super meaningful and probably more memorable for you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, it is when we physically met the people that we were affecting and, and changing their, their lives. And, um, and then also to see how, even without anything, they don't have any money down there, to see how happy they were and to see how driven they were in their own yeah. ways, they're entrepreneurs mm -hmm. in their community and villages. And so it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, the strength of the community, you know, you would think that they would be depressed and because they're living, yeah. you know, not, not in a, yeah. a house. Yep. Um, but they're, they're just happy and they're so grateful for every little thing that they get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if it's just... The meal they have in front of them, they're so grateful for that. Yeah. Or the, they don't even have, some of them didn't have shoes, they made shoes out of whatever they found, yeah. whether it's leaves or whatever else. They're so grateful for having that. So it's, it was a nice reminder for us. us a lot. And, yeah. That's, yeah. and that's like the one thing we always take away is no matter what country we're in, we're so blessed and so fortunate over here. I know that's like the cliche, like the thing to say, but we really are when we were, mm -hmm. I forgot what country we're in, but it's common for them to work five, six, seven jobs. Mm -hmm. yeah. They are the happiest and they take so much. And I see, I see why. They're fulfilled in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they know the work that they're doing in their communities is so, super meaningful. Whereas you can't always say that for some jobs that yeah. we do over here. It's like well, we don't really affect or change the world like what they're doing. No, and, and you know what's interesting? So we're from Canada originally and we've had access to travel to Cuba for many, many years. So I, I have gone several times and yep. I know now in the US we're able to go down there for certain purposes like educational or whatnot. But um, yeah, I had gone down when I was much younger and it was eye-opening to me as well because the average Cuban uh, at the time, they made about the equivalent of $18 US a month. 
They work full-time jobs, sometimes several jobs. Um, education was free from what I understood, so everybody was well-educated. They had a doctorate or, or whatever else, but they were driving the taxi or they were doing something else because in the tourism realm they made more money and it yep. was better for the family. But when I was down there, I, what I noticed is even though they were only making $18 and working their butts off, everyone was so happy and everyone was so friendly and everyone wanted to learn your story and they wanted to share their story and they're inviting you into their home not for anything other than just to give you a meal and, yeah. and share with you. And it was really cool for me as, I think I was around 18 or 19 the first time I went. It was so cool for me to see that sort of energy when they didn't really have much to give, but they were still willing to hand everything over just to be a good, yep. good mm -hmm. person. Yeah, it goes back to, like you said, taking pride in, in your role and your position, no matter where you are yeah. in the perceived hierarchy of things. And Cass actually... Um, like she makes, she balances me out and makes me better in a lot of different ways. But one thing that she shared with me too is she listened to, um, I think it was a TED talk. And it was a Harvard, the longest Harvard study that's been going on. And it's been over these last 75 years. So they've had people, and they said the one thing that makes people the happiest, they've had some of the most successful people and some of the most, they've had homeless people in this study, is the connections, mm. friendships having more friends and having more people overall fulfills people more than any money, any materials, mm -hmm. anything other than that. I mean, the study's still going on. It's, it seems like that should be obvious, but it's, it's the not. kind of thing it's not. And, yeah. and you, need, you need those reminders. Yeah, we need to yeah. prioritize those more. Yeah. And I, isn't there a study about um, Alzheimer's or something where it, it showed that if older people had more uh, or were, had more active social life, that they would have less chances of yeah, Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there isn't that study, I'm going to say there is, just so we start <laughs> we start that new study. Right. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about, though, with uh, your family and growing up, that I don't think most people know about is, you literally could be the other property brother. <laughs> like you grew up in a house. Your dad's a contractor, yeah. yep. right? And and you've been around construction your whole life. You you've built stuff. How much have you done? Have you built a full house? Have you built the, the barns around yeah. the property? Um, so I consider myself a jack of all trades. I feel like I'm um, I'm average in a lot of things. I'm not a master. I'm not like I, I'm not perfect at one thing that we ever do. But growing up, I did all the manual labor for my dad's company, and he actually employed my whole entire football team. So oh, in the summers, we were sodding. I mean, we had some of the harder jobs. We were sodding. Um, he, he didn't really trust us in high school with a lot of, with a lot of like, detail things, which is smart because of quality, <laughs> quality control. He wanted, he's, he wanted to make sure if his name was on it, it had to be perfect. And sometimes that was frustrating for me as a high schooler because I'm like, I just want to get the job done. And yeah. he, he instilled that in me of like, pay attention to the details. He's like, that's what's going to set us apart mm. in my building homes. I think he built over 450 homes in our, in oh, our wow. town. Um, the biggest project that we did though was when I was uh, one off season with the Raiders. He owns a commercial building and this opportunity came up for us to renovate a restaurant together. Cool. And we opened up a restaurant and then sold it a year later, but we gutted the whole thing huh? and uh, renovated the whole thing together. And it was so much fun because I don't think I realized sort of what I was missing out on in that of having that pride with me. It was just me and my dad mm. and my grandpa. Yeah. My, he, oh, my grandpa so cool. did Oh, three generations. So it was three, yeah, my, my dad employed my grandpa as well. That's so, so we uh, we did this modern industrial steel look and it was mm. super cool. We had, um, we designed everything. I mean, the beer tap was a custom field goal post. Wow. Uh, yellow, oh, nice. yeah, uh, powder coated. So it was, it was super cool, but I think I ended up getting electrocuted three times during that project. <laughs> Ooh, that's um, not good. Yeah, no. Well, I, on what? Like a... So we were, we, were cutting the, we were putting the steel walls in and the outlets, I thought we cut the power or we oh, no. turned the power off for it. But, you know, it was one of those things that my dad turned into a teaching moment for me where he's like, dude, he's like, you're moving too fast. He's yeah. like, you're, you're, go you're going way too fast. He's like, slow down. He's yeah. like, we got to do this the right way. But it was one of those things that it was so good for me still to learn. And now... I like to still show off with Cass. I'm like, hey, we need this outlet cover changed. I got you. Watch this. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you do like the little the home improvements around the house. So like, is, is that why your hair's so straight now? Is yeah. It, uh, yeah. 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 Like, but yeah. Growing up, growing up, I my so my aunt and my all my aunts and my grandma were realtors. So wow. we sort of had this weird monopoly. My mom was a landscaper, so we anything from start 
to finish, we sort of did in the town. My dad developed the land. Um, he had his cabinet company. So he had six or seven different companies that he oh, was wow. operating and really building the whole entire house. So he had, he's a control freak, but in the best way. I think way. I'd like him. In the mm. best way. <laughs> but he, every part of that house had his touch on it. Um, yeah. And he did a lot of custom, they were mainly custom homes. So he'd sit down with people and really figure out, hey, what's a reasonable budget for you? What can we do? And I remember him telling me this too, and this is sort of why I know he's business savvy is he, you know, he walked away from a lot of different people because they wanted it to be a little cheaper. Mm. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't do that. He's yeah, like, I, integrity. I, I don't want to, he's like, I don't want to cut corners. He's yeah. like, I understand where your budget's at. He's like, those same people, they'd come back around. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, I put my foot down and I didn't bend early on. What a good mm. lesson. So, and it was super, like, it meant a lot to me because he's just like, that's just my value and like what I hold important for my company and the what I want to stand for. Yeah. And he did it. So. Yeah, don't are you sell yourself dad, short. Are you and your dad trying to replace Jonathan and me? <laughs> no. Is that what's going on here? You know what? My dad, my dad actually loves the TV side of all this. Oh, yeah. I was a little nervous doing the, you know, with the Bachelor franchise, yeah. you do the hometowns and your parents are on camera. My mom doesn't do oh, yeah. camera that well, but my dad loves it. He gets That's a kick amazing. out of it. And I, and I love seeing him so excited and him so happy that. about That's it. That's amazing. So our parents, they they um, have appeared on some of our shows and they do little guest spots and stuff. And I figured they'd be like, no, we don't want to be on camera. They love, they love it. They love it. They love it and they're good at it. So that was the thing. I, I like, I came back for hometowns and, you know, it's, it is a reality show, but there's some stuff that has to be talked through. So like yeah. the producers will throw a topic out yeah. and be like, hey, talk about this. And I was just like, at first, I wanted to stop before we started. Be like, "Hey, Dad, like this is what they do." He jumped right into it. Like I was like, "Have you done the Bachelor before?" <laughs> he's, he's a natural. Like, what is this? You're setting up the question and the answer. Like, oh, he's he your was, parent. He knows wow. every episode more in depth than you know. Right, yeah, right. And he, I think, I really think when I went into that, he must have like binge watched two or three oh. seasons oh. to really like get ready for what. Because that's <laughs> that's the type of person he is. He's like, if I'm going to be on camera, I'm going to do it right. That's I want to do it the right have way. All my that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So here's a question then. I don't know if your dad ever said to you, you know, everyone ranks the bachelors. Everyone says who the most popular bachelors are and who they think. You're one of the most popular bachelors from what I've heard. Um, who's your dad's favorite? Ooh. <laughs> I would like to think it's me, but... <laughs> I heard him say Nick. I don't know. Uh, he, well, you know who... He actually really likes Ben. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So he, he, him and Ben hit it off. Um, I don't... To be honest with you, I don't really know. I I don't know if he watched a lot of Bachelor yeah. seasons or if You're he watched Bachelor. You're his favorite. Bachelor, so You're his favorite. I, I would like to think he's <laughs> um, I mean, I know we're actually... Our production company, Scott Brothers Entertainment, is working with you as well because yep. you you're very engaging on TV... You're obviously a good-looking guy. Um, you're good at what you do, but there's there's so much more in your upcoming career. You have yeah. so many opportunities knocking on your door. You know, I love the idea that we're trying to develop something yeah. together too. But for you, what would be the ultimate passion project moving forward using this new voice that you have? Um, yeah. Well, I think the unique thing of where my career was at coming out of football, I was looking for something to be passionate about. And while the Bachelor franchise was great and it served its purpose, because now I'm very happy in a relationship. I I really want to do something purposeful and meaningful, and I would love to find a way to help people, um, you know, with any struggle that they're going through or any hurdles or challenges in their life. Because I think right now where we're at is um, a unique place in our society where it's you know we get to see all of these other people's lives and how they're living and we put them up on pedestals of like, oh, they have a perfect life, they have a perfect life, but you don't really get to see the behind the scenes. Mm. So I would love to just sit down with people and be like, hey, it's okay not to have it figured out. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing next or what, it's okay not to have a three-year or five-year plan. Yeah. It changes. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was like, oh, I have a five-year plan. I'm like, Okay, really? come back yeah. to me in a yeah. year and yeah. tell me how that five-year plan is working yeah. out for you. It's great to have goals. I think it's really great to have short-term, yep. uh, mid-term, and long-term goals. But your your life changes. As much as you can try and plan your whole life, it changes. And you need to learn to ebb and flow. And your your passions and your, your desires will change too. And yep. I think as long as you're still working towards what you love and... and 
uh, focusing on passions. It doesn't yeah. matter if it changes. Yeah. It's, it's still a passion. And yeah, I'm very excited with what we're working on too because whatever I do, and you know this, and this is why you guys are so successful, is I want it to be authentic. Yeah. Because if you're going to be putting a product out there for people to see and mm-hmm. to watch and be engaged with, um, they need to know it means something to you. Yeah. And they need to know that you have pride behind whatever you're doing. So yeah. um, I can't wait to see sort of what's in the future. I love having a platform because I feel like if people are going to have platforms, they should do it one the right way, but two also find a way to give back and make it meaningful and purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. Share positivity and inspire people. Yep. What's your book title again? Um, what is it? It's called The First Time, and it's Finding Myself and Finding Love on Reality TV. The First Time comes out this month, and that, I think, is that one additional step in the right direction, like you said, is really opening up more and letting people know more about what you've been through, your process, and congrats on everything. Thank you. Thanks for chatting with us. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me in your home. Oh, we're hugging awkward. Awkward. His lap right now. Oh, yes. Awkward. (laughs) So there you go. Colton Underwood could be the other property brother because he grew up building with his dad. He learned from his dad the same way that I learned from my dad. My very first project that I ever tackled with my dad that I can remember is the garage, drywalling and closing in the garage. You started off with the garage? It was, well, there were little projects here and there or patching things here and there. My dad was always trying to do some little handyman project. Um, but then it got to the garage, then it was finishing a basement, then it was building a house, and so it continued to grow from there. That's so cool. I'm still so amazed that we can build things. Like when I look at buildings down the street or, or castles, I think human hands built this. Well, look at it this way, though. When you think like back hundreds of years ago when castles were built, you have these giant blocks of stone. How did they get them in place back before they had all the technology and machinery we have? Then you look back to the times of the pyramids and pharaohs and thousands of years ago, they didn't have any of the technology that we have today, yet they were able to build these gigantic structures. How? I mean, it would have taken so long. It was crazy. I would love to time travel. I would too. But I do like the efficiencies we have nowadays for building solid homes, more energy efficient homes. Uh, homes that will last longer as well, but don't cost anywhere near as much. I also like Lego homes. Lego homes are fun. I don't care how old you are. It's fun to build with Lego. I actually like that Noah, our nephew, is so into Lego and he's so creative and that we can kind of get in there and and build with him, but he actually ends up teaching us. I can't build as well as he does. No, no, he's a crazy builder. Yeah. He's going to take over. I'm going to retire early and let him take over for me. It's a good plan. It was really interesting to hear Colton talk about his blended family as well. His parents got divorced and then remarried and then he has new siblings and it's his big family and how they worked through some of the conflict and how they worked through some of the struggles of being this blended family. But I think for a lot of people, it's very relatable because nowadays, especially blended families are kind of the new norm. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as normal. Yeah. Actually, the new norm is not norm. Poor Norm. I'm going to name my kid Norm. I'm going to name my kid Ab. Normad? Abnorm. Abnorm. <laughs> These are kids, Abnorm. Oh, there's Al. I tried. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so interesting. For for me, I love just diving into different stories. Something Something that's different than my life is so interesting because I want to learn and evolve and grow. And, and to learn about Colton and his family and, and everything that he's lived through. And also the fact that he's been able to find love. Can you imagine? It's, it's hard finding love just in general. It's hard juggling multiple different relationships. And then you do that on TV in front of millions of people. That's challenging. And to still have that love is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that he found it. I'm happy for anyone who finds love. Exactly. Everyone deserves love. Everyone deserves to be loved. And let's have a group hug on the love rug. <laughs> Had to bring it back. I got to make a love rug. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, on that note, we're going to take off, guys. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. Brandon Angelino, our podcast producer, you Thank rock. You. Anna Lee Bell, our researcher, you rock number two. And Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson, you you make the rock. Like, yeah. You make music. And Linda, you definitely rock. Thank you for being the rock in my life. Drew, you rock my world. Oh. <laughs> we will in... Bow, chicka, wow. Yeah. Bow, bow, chicka, wow. 
on that note, we're out. Bye, guys. <laughs>professionally installs google nest products with their smart home security systems because adt is awesome and believes that the smarter the home the safer the security i can't wait to see what they do next they're gonna put google nest doorbells on the moon (laughs) actually i'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our google nest doorbell i do love how when we're out at dinner we can see exactly what's going on at the front door and we can control our adt smart devices like Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.